Hello everybody, this is episode 9 of Existential, and today we talk about how to teach any skill. Uh, but before we continue, I want to give a brief thanks to our sponsor. Alright, so this is a really interesting idea. Uh, and by the way, I wanted to make a couple mentions. Uh, number one, I apologize for the break between episodes. Um, holidays and season and whatnot got in the way uh busy circumstances and whatnot. Number two, I am working on getting a better microphone to improve the sound quality and uh, just to improve the overall uh, aesthetic of the of the sound of, of my voice. So today we talk about how to teach anything and that's a pretty pretty big uh, pretty big umbrella. So I want to make a just before I talk about the idea specifically I want to set I want to make a very important distinction. There are skills that are taught through academia for more academia. Then there are skills in the field that you have to only learn in the field, right? People cannot learn how to, uh, there, there are many jobs that you cannot learn in college to perform out in the field. For instance, you cannot learn how to be a, a handyman or a worker in college. You can learn sure what kind of nuts and bolts there are you can learn what type of hammer it is you can learn a thing right you can learn a lot of uh, logistics but the fact of the matter is that you cannot learn a certain skill in there you can you cannot learn a physical skill through academia and you cannot learn you know academia through sitting in a courtroom right there is experiential uh, knowledge and then there is uh, then there is uh, the, the knowledge, a uh, textbook knowledge, right? Every career, every person uh, who has a career, right? A very known career, I'm not talking about a chef, right? I'm talking about, I'm talking about normal uh, college career type of things, right? Everyone who has an established career can uh, attest to that the advancement of a career is separated in two things, right? You need the experience and you need the textbook knowledge, right? It's a mix of these two ideas. So I wanted to I wanted to make a a brief uh, I wanted to make a, a brief distinction of that uh, before before we kind of continue, right? So how to teach anything? I'm more talking about a skill. I'm not speaking about academia because there's only so much you can learn there. I'm talking about teaching a physical skill. Funny enough though, I'm the there is a little bit of academia in the route that I'm going to teach you how to do it, right? But for the most part I'm teaching you how to uh, how to manipulate someone's mind in order to uh, paint a better picture of what you're asking someone to do or what you're teaching someone. Be it cooking or be it any anything specifically um, within the arts or anything anything, you know, one of the therapeutic arts like gardening or planting, uh, they usually, right, that's what I'm, that's what I really want to pinpoint here. So we have to first dive into teaching as an activity. Teaching is relatability. So what does it mean when I say teaching equals relatability? When you teach something, you are trying to relate the skill. I'm trying to transfer 100% of my capacity in this skill and make yours you make your skill 100% of that capacity right so if i'm painting like bob ross i want you to paint like bob ross right so it's a relatability thing now it becomes a question of how do i better translate my skill to you how can i better uh transform or and really transfer yeah transfer my uh, expertise 
to you to the same degree that I have it. So not to get too metaphysical here, right? Or sorry, not to get too metaphorical, right? But a it's a better translation. How is my translation from my skill to you? Is it, I'm not talking about obviously and linguistically, I'm talking about uh, is my translation, is the whole way I'm presenting my teaching to you, does it have an accent or is it clear speech, right? Is it is it presented clearly? Is it presented with clarity, understanding, and is how relatable is it? Because that's essentially what a lot of teaching is about. It's a way to relate. And that relatability, you don't really find much in academia. For instance, in left-minded topics such as uh, math and science, you really don't need a lot of we don't need a lot of that type of skill. That's why a lot of uh, computers. Uh, that's why a lot of homework and homeschooling can be done on computers, because the fact of the matter is that you don't really a computer is uh, can is a presenter of cold hard facts, right? And that's pretty much all you get. It's cold, blatant facts down to earth. You write this down, you study it, and you repeat it, right? It's all based on reciprocation of uh, of what you understand of memory, right? It's all memory based, right? But that's so different from other skills like cooking and planting and things that involve your hands, right? It's a it's things that tie a mix of your hand, uh, of your physical uh, and your mental, right? Cooking is a very seamless blend, like planting, of the mind and the body, and they they coincide really in very uh, very strong ways. So I believe that there is a certain way to teach and there's a certain way not to teach. I've classified into two different uh, subsectors. Number one is poetic language. And number two is direct language. So let's first dive into what direct language is. Direct language is mundane and the speech is dead. The speech is a very dead direct speech and it lets you know exactly what you're supposed to do. Now, we move on to poetic language. Poetic language is very simple. It's poetic misuse of words. For example, when I say furniture of the mind, the mind obviously does not have furniture. But furniture of the mind is not a is a phrase, but it's the word furniture is poetically misused. Right? It's misused in a way that it does make sense. Now it pinpoints the idea correctly. And the reason it's it, it sounds so poetic is because the mind, when you speak, right, the mind has a constant, it, mind has a very strong instinct, a, a hunger almost, to put everything into context, right? The words, you hear the words, then you, you have, your literally, the second step is your mind makes sense of the words. So... When your mind makes sense of the words, right there. So when you use poet, when you uh, poetically misuse certain words, your mind obviously needs to register it, right? It's a very simple, it's a very simple process, and it's and it works a hundred percent of the time because a hundred percent of the time your mind wants to uh, needs to make sense of what you're saying. So uh, let's think of another, a few more examples of poetic misuses of words, right? Furniture of the mind is is definitely one. Um, it's actually re relatively hard to think of on the spot, right? But uh, I, I will hopefully uh, I'll remember a few by the end of the episode. So furniture of the mind, right? It puts things into context, right? And what it does is it paints a better picture of what you're trying to teach the student. So instead of saying so, direct language would be coordinates one and one point two. 
poetic language would be like 1.21117 and 7.2223 right it's a very it's much more it's much more calculated much more methodical and methodical and calculated are very uh mathematical or very mathematical words but i'm talking about the fact that when you use po when you misuse language right they say that language is the uh language is the your thoughts are only as good as the way you can express them. Your thoughts are only as complex as the way you're able to form them. I forget who exactly said this, uh, but this, it's a very famous quote, and it's a very famous idea, no less. And your th as you as you improve in English, right? That's why English is a very very one of the most important subjects to learn in school because that literally paints a very accurate picture of how complex your thoughts are right i love expanding my vocabulary i love becoming more articulate and more articulate because the more articulate i am that you know people believe that that's the only way to you know it's, it's very present it's all for presentation right articulation is a very good thing to present yourself with you sound intelligent you are intelligent right but it goes so much deeper than that your number one your your the thoughts that create that come up in your head are way more uh, are way more complex and multifaceted, right? They're multidimensional. Now, that's the thoughts. Next, you can express emotions better, right? Good, sad, happy, and bad are very, like, there was a poster in my fourth grade class. Uh, I remember this distinctly. It said graveyard words. And, like, it obviously uh, means, right, graveyard words are dead words, like and yes no but right it's just very uh simple simple words that are widely applicable that is the key word the key phrase here is widely applicable the the wider use the words have the more direct the more the more direct language it is right so the bigger the umbrella is the bigger the umbrella is when you talk right so when i'm delivering something if i say if if i say uh Yes, that's what, yes, I did move the lamp. Yes, I did move the lamp means that, yeah, I moved the lamp, right? But if I use more poetic language, right, it's a very simple text, so it's, it's difficult. But if I use more poetic language, it would, it, the the overall, under you would understand my, my, uh, my idea better, right? You understand my response better. Now, having thoughts being, having your thoughts more articulate is key because, you are able to express emotions better and tasks better. Now, if there is an under, if there was one way, if there's one choice I can do to magically uh, switch society to communicate better, right? People feel emotions, but people have a difficult time communicating them. And not because of mental walls or I'm not, you know, it's emasculine. It's, it's very masculine to communicate emotions, right? That's, that's very superficial. But it's it's a very important. But you know the fact of the matter is that people can describe things physically because that's their perception of them. But it's very difficult to describe an emotion. Try describing what sadness is, not not about it. Right about it would be oh that's negativity, right? Negativity is sad. You don't don't give me attributes of sad. Give me the definition of sad. Don't give me a synonym. Because giving me a synonym or giving me an adjective does not tell me what the word is, right? It's very, you'll notice that it's very difficult to describe emotions. It's very, very hard. And you, the thing is, you, the reality is that you need a very wide vocabulary to be able to pinpoint exactly what you're feeling. So if we, it's, it's very, it's, 
really a really manipulative uh, strategy, right? But if I had one way to tweak society, if you ask me what's one way you would tweak society for everyone for for better overall peace and better communication, for better peace means better communication and better communication means I would make everyone more articulate. I would uh, broaden everyone's vocabulary because the broad, the the wider and more diverse your voc- your vocabulary is, you'll find that it's much easier to communicate exactly what you're feeling, right? Because when you cannot, when you can't express a feeling correctly or without without accuracy to the way you want to feel like, right? People don't feel a lot of time. People don't feel like they're expressing what they feel correct one hundred percent, and. This results in people bottling up pain, right? If I'm angry, that's why kids, that's why they're, when kids are angry or when the kids have a lot of trauma, they tend to, uh, like I've noticed, just noticed this in myself, right? I I used to, and, and my brothers and uh, people who I personally know who've had trauma, right, when they were kids, they've told me that, you know, the reality is people, they, they hit, they hit and they become very physical because kids do not have a very diverse vocabulary, Kids have not mastered vocabulary, so they need to express their anger in many different ways, in in different ways, and and I mean in a way innovative ways, because they do not have the vocabulary to express themselves yet. As you become older, as you enter relationships, right? One of the reasons why uh, it's known to that you know relationships should be something of adulthood is because you do not at a young age you do not have a full grasp of what it's like. You can feel an emotion, but it means very little if you can't express it to the other person. So it's it, it serves so many important things. It serves so, so many important uh, factors and, and points to be able to articulate exactly what's going on. And that's one way I would definitely tweak society. But before we move on to actual an actual example of what this is, I want to give a brief thanks to our sponsor. All right, so we're back. We just got back uh, from speaking about how important society, uh, how how important being articulate is in society, right? How it can make people uh, flow and how it can make people more peaceful because they feel better expressed. That's one, that's a very, you know, if I was in control of Google, if I was in control of technology, if I, even a lower position, if I was in charge of uh, uh, searches and uh, censorships on the internet, right? If because everything that you search up is adulterated, they learn, they pick up technology, picks up patterns, and then adulterates your searches for a certain objective, be it to buy a certain product, be it to, for a certain political belief, right? I, I vividly remember a couple years ago uh, when Mark Zuckerberg of Facebook was uh, accused of manipulating. A different of search engines and Facebook algorithms to present you with, uh, you know, pro-Trump or, or no, or uh, anti-Trump uh, propaganda or whatever it, whatever it was. I don't remember specifically, but the point is that if I was in control of uh, uh, searching adulteration, right? If I was in control of results and the way the way technology, the way your world is presented to you in terms of technology, I would 100% manipulate the results to make people or manipulate articles and all that and manipulate uh, text media in order uh, in with more of with more advanced vocabulary in order. So when you search up something, when you're reading an article, you don't understand the words, but there is a yearning to understand it, you would go search it up. 
it's a very, very strategic idea because, you know, people all the time talk about superficial ways to, uh, sorry, I'm getting off on a little bit of a tangent here, but people constantly talk about uh, ways to innovatively uh, make people more peaceful. Oh, we should put a billboard that say, you know, just to calm down, we should, everyone should, uh, we should maybe uh, have a universal signal of how to honk on, how to honk our horns when uh, when we're on the road there there are you know changing the aesthetic of uh of design and all i mean just these these understandable strategies of how to make people communicate better make people more peaceful but the real way is people a lot of anger is harbored a lot of emotion is harbored because they can't correctly articulate it it always comes back to the root word of what they're feeling i'm feeling bad or i'm feeling good a binary word choice but if I was in control, once again, if I was in control, I would make it a hundred percent. So, the so, I would make the articles. I would make everything you have to read, everything that you are that you face on your phone, more articulate, uh, with more complex word choice. So you would not only have to search it up, right? And this would be this would extend far past uh, your typical Forbes article. This would extend to uh, the internet, the way you use games, the way you anything you do on your anything you do on your phone, any work you do, any especially the internet, right? The words would no longer be um, uh, say; it would be expressed, right? There, it it makes people more poetic because that's that's literally expression can heal so many uh communication problems so articulation clearly we see that it's uh, has a direct correlation with uh, with painting a more specific picture of what you want so painting a more specific picture of what you want uh promotes relatability which in turn improves your teaching skills so the other day i had a uh, we had a, a holiday party and i was assigned to make the sushi now I have made sushi many times in the past, but my knife was not sharpened. And unfortunately, because my knife was not sharpened, uh, I can cut the sushi, right? So if anyone's familiar with making sushi, right, once you finish the roll, right, the seaweed or the rice, whatever it may be, whatever it may be right, th at that moment, I was specifically making um, with the seaweed or the nori outside. So the way it is, is it's the nori, then the rice, and then inside is your filling, right? So on the bottom, on the very bottom near the cutting board, is uh is the is touching the seaweed now here is my problem i cut the i cut the the roll from the top right it was just kind of sitting there in just like a big in a big roll then i cut it but the problem was constantly was that the the bottom part of the roll was getting stuck the seaweed was i even though i cut it was still stuck to the it was still stuck to the other pieces now Every every time I cut it, I just got more aggressive. I just like cut it and then cut it and then cut it one after the other, one after the other, right? And nothing was working. Obviously, I took a deep breath. I mean, this was like a whole experience, right? I, I took a deep breath and and told myself, and I told, here would be an example of if I use direct language. Cut it, uh, cut it with more force and try to separate them. Now, poetic language would be when you cut it, don't develop an angry relationship with it. Just slice it through with no anger, just force, just calm force. Now, that's literally what I, I used poetic language when I spoke to myself, right? So it, when I when I say 
cut it hard, right? That would just, I would just kind of repeating the same action as very broad, direct language. But when I pinpoint and use certain lingual tactics, when you cut it, don't develop an angry relationship with it, right? Of course, you're not developing a relationship with the sushi, of course, but you have to, but when you're angry at it, there is emotion expressed toward the sushi because, or in the knife, or in the situation, because you're not cutting it fully. So I told myself, do not develop any sort of, any angry relationship with it, just slice it fully enough to, uh, it, with enough with enough force to cut it 100% and not to break it, right? I used very poetic language there, and believe it or not, it worked. So if someone else is doing it, Right, this that's fine for me, right? Because a lot of times people kind of figure out solutions without needing text in their head, without kind of articulating the words in their head. People just kind of figure it out based on just sight, uh, but and interacting with their hands, right? But a lot of times when you're trying to explain something how to self to someone else, you say when you cut it, don't develop an angry relationship with it. Just take a deep breath and separate them. Turn one into two with force and not anger. Right, it's very, it's very. There's no other way to put it except poetic. Right? When you're telling someone cut it hard, so they're gonna separate. Right, it's very, it's just very broad language. The broader it is, the less of a vivid picture they have of what you're asking of them. And just to kind of sum up, uh, you know, this idea is applicable anywhere. It's applicable to anything. Poetic language equals a better picture. That's what you have to understand. And poetic language equals a better picture, which equals uh, higher relatability, which equals uh, better teaching, and uh, which equals better teaching and a better transfer of your skill, right? So that we asked earlier how to better translate your skill, how to better translate my skill to you, right? This is the way you do it. You build relatability by using poetic language, which paints a better picture of what you want. So for instance, in writing, right? This is also a great writing tactic. Uh, I was reading a, I was reading, I, I read an article uh, the other day about uh, Elon Musk's presentation of the uh, Cybertruck, and he, uh, and the the article, I kind of laughed at it because it was it was really funny language. It's it said something like this, and I'm paraphrasing here, but it said something like. Uh, this is not the first time uh, Musk's theatrics have uh, dropped his stock price. He, it, the stock price took a similar blow when uh, he decided to smoke weed on the Joe Rogan show, end quote. So the the article could have said uh, uh, Elon Musk's um, – just his stock dropped at three at, you know at a rate of 3% because he's had to do something foolish on stage. But it wasn't. They used the word theatrics to better uh, pinpoint exactly what the to better pinpoint exactly what they want right to better pinpoint exactly what uh, what actually happened right you can the better you see from my eyes the better you will understand right so and that just goes back to how sight is the primary uh, is the primary way people understand reality musk's theatrics so that immediately thinks, oh, you, you when you use descriptive words, I immediately I'm in your head and I tell you and I see, okay, so you think it's theatrics, gotcha. So now I'm looking at the thing, I, I'm looking at the at the image 
so differently. And by the way, here's another uh, enlightening point about memes, right? Memes are a very, very popular form of, you know, of, of making people laugh, especially on social media. So you'll see a lot of times one picture that's constantly circulating around. And, you know, I was previously involved in social media avidly. So, I mean, I'm pretty familiar with how they, how they'll take one picture, right? They'll take one stupid picture or one picture of someone with a reaction. And on the top, they'll title it with different words which change the actual, which change your view of the picture, right? A lot of times a YouTube video will be just a mundane, uh, just pretty mundane, right? It'll be just be a mundane video of a cat jumping from a chair to a desk. But that's, I mean, that's not inherently funny. But when a comment says like, this is me, I don't know, jumping from, uh, this is me jumping from, uh, you know, my work to my weekend or my weekend to work, right? It starts painting, you start looking at it with a super different paradigm, right? So that's the entire idea behind the relatability. When I tell you, when you cut it, don't develop an angry relationship with it, right? I'm trying to paint a better picture, be it a visual picture, theatrics, be it a, with text, like, uh, like a meme, or uh, just be it with any other area, when you're trying to teach, right? It paints a better picture. It paints a a very, very uh, precise picture of what you were looking for. And that, by the way, extends to the way, it extends to the other person's mind. It's a really, really interesting tactic. Uh, before we close, I wanna give a brief thanks to our sponsor. All right, so uh, just uh, last idea here. And I wanted to talk about how I want to just kind of branch off the idea earlier of what we were talking about, how to underhandedly change society by making uh, or making society more peaceful through better, better uh, verbal articulation. Now, people need to understand that, you know, that your thoughts are only the quality of your thoughts, the complexity and depth of your thoughts are only as good as your as only as good as your vocabulary. If you describe an event as sad, then there are a million events as sad. But if you describe an event as uh, it was morose, depressing, melancholy, and uh, saddening, then I understand, right? There are four words that, like a pinball machine, right, the the um, the stoppers of the walls kind of angle together, right? It kind of squeezes together or narrows the option. It narrows the it narrows the image of what it's like right? It narrows it down from just, let's say, a room to a room with white walls and uh, ambient lighting, right? So now I have a better picture of what you want. And people personalize this better picture going back to the fact that people need to put things into context. That is all teaching. And people instinctively connect all these different dots together, right? It's just about kind of noticing this clarity. And uh, with that, we are going to close. So thank you very much for listening. All your support helps. Be sure to tune in daily for new episodes of Existential. So thank you very much for listening. And uh, I am going to get a new mic very, very soon. Also, share this podcast with all your friends and family, everyone who's interested. Uh, This has been Existential. Thank you very much for listening.